action. Hello and welcome to episode 73 of Your Average Critics, joined by Chris and Obi once again. How are you guys? I'm good. Yeah, I'm alright, thanks mate. All good, all good. Let's get straight into some movie news. So there was a couple of teasers or trailers that were released uh, last week. Um, Should we start with Birds of Prey? I mean, I don't know if either of you are anticipating this film. Well, there was a trailer for it. It was like a teaser. How is it? Oh. It was um, Margot Robbie and in some like weird, colourful peacock-looking costume, <laughs> and just a few other characters who I presume are other birds of prey. Yeah, um, I can't remember any of the people who are actually in it apart from Harley Quinn. Is it Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, Catwoman? I think so. Yeah, I think there might be one more. I don't know. Is this a film? Is this a film that you're gonna? be anticipating watching Obi or are you just like Suicide Squad's just ruined it for you <laughs> um, I'm not I wouldn't say like I'm excited for it or anything but I'm looking forward to seeing you know what it's about seeing, seeing as Suicide Squad was so rubbish like my um, what's it my expectations are pretty like at, at the floor at the minute so if it's good it's good Then and if it's rubbish then I wouldn't have really expected any different <laughs> so yeah I heard that Suicide Squad 2 will be called The Suicide That's, Squad. Yeah, I heard that as well. That's what, what Thingy's doing. What's first? James Gunn. To be fair, if James Gunn's attached to it, I'm probably a little bit hopeful. Okay. Might be a little darker as well. Yeah. You know, might be a bit... I don't know, un-PC. Yeah. His tweets from a few years ago and things go by. But, uh... Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy wasn't very, is pretty PC though, isn't it? I feel like he's got he's got track history of like taking um, you know like misfit characters, I guess, and putting them together. So if he can do the same same True. thing same thing with Suicide Squad, but maybe just make it a bit more sinister, I guess, then might have a yeah. Film I mean, with Guardians of the Galaxy, he was obviously restricted by Marvel. You know, he couldn't make it R rated, but yeah. I don't you know I don't know whether DC would allow him to do that. Mm. Suicide Squad was a 15 in the UK, so, you know, maybe they can push it a bit. Was it? Was it really? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's the most soft 15 I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Out of curiosity, who in Suicide Squad uh, do you actually want to come back for the next one, and who do you not really care comes back? Um, I would like to see um, the Joker, because I think there's a lot more potential there. Because he, there was very, you know, very little he had to do in the first one. Um, I'd like to see a bit more of Captain Boomerang. I agree on that one. Mm. And then also Harley Quinn. Less bothered about Deadshot. Um, what I want, though, is I want them to be actual kind of anti-heroes or yeah. villains rather than, you know, turning into heroes like they did last time. Do you know who I don't give a shit about in this film? Crocodile or Diablo or whatever his name was. Yeah, so. Oh, yeah. yeah. But Diablo's dead, isn't he? That's what, we, well, that's what we've seen anyway. I'm assuming he's dead, yeah. But, I, yeah, I pretty much agree with you, to be honest. Um, I wouldn't mind them taking out, yeah, like, Crocodile Guy, Diablo. Um, I hope that... What was her name? Enchantress. I hope she's not any, nowhere near it. Oh, oh God. yeah, <laughs> shit, yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing more about that... Uh, what's her face? Uh, the one we had the mask on, the, the sword. Katana. 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 Kata... Katana. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. Um, did she even get any lines? I think she got a handful, but not, not much. She was very mute, wasn't she? Yeah. And then I'll tell you what, Glenn, I 100% disagree on the Joker thing. 
But that's because I just don't like Jared Leto as the Joker. Or not him as the Joker, the way they portrayed him as the Joker. Yeah, fair enough. I think he's just too gangster and it just really bugs me. But is that, joke, is that um, standalone Joker film coming out this year? Yeah, it's in October. That'd be interesting to see how that is. Oh, oh yeah, I've got that thing. You see, um, Scarlett Hansen's Black Widow started filming. Wasn't there like, okay. some sort of controversy about? Um, didn't they, I think they didn't they ask a, a a woman director? I can't remember her name. They asked her to fil- to direct it, but they said like, "Oh, don't worry about any action scenes or something like that." And then she was like, "Okay, then no thanks then or something." Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you if you know then. No, I've not heard that. Let me so let me they, look they let me look it up quickly. Not to put any action in it, or that someone else would direct so, the action. Someone else to do the action scenes. Let me. I'm gonna look oh, it up. Really? Cause yeah, because I'm not sh- actually sure. Let me just sorry. Talk amongst yourselves. Should we? Because well, Catherine Bigelow's um, a female direction. She's done a lot of action. You know, she did Detroit. She did Hurt Locker. Um, who's, the la- who's the lady who did Wonder Woman? Patty Jenkins. Because apparently, apparently they've apparently they've finished Wonder Woman two, and if she gets the guy head, she's got a plan for Wonder Woman three. Yeah, and the third one will be set in the present day. Present. Mm. Yes. Although I don't know if that's DC present or like. 2019. Yeah, it's, in, it's interesting though, isn't it? It's interesting. Do you know what I haven't had time to watch and I'm really gutted about actually? Young Ju- uh, Young Justice. Wish I had more time. Is that the animation? Yeah, I just can't find it anywhere, so it's been a bit of a ball late trying to watch it. Um, okay. But yeah. Uh, On the theme of DC, there's uh, news that Batman is going to be recast for Matt Reeves' film. But it's, um, it's a younger Batman, isn't it? He's younger, okay. Yeah. Have you got any preliminary thoughts on who who you'd want to see as Batman? Not really. I'd like. Do you know what? I think Zac Efron would fit. Mm, no. Do you know what? <laughs> no. Zac Efron. No. Yeah, man. I think he's dense enough for it. No. Or like, oh, who's that guy who always dies in all the films, and we we always think John he's John Hamm. Yeah. He's too old. He's too old. Yeah, he's too he old. is too old. He's yeah. older than Ben Affleck. I- yeah. Oh, I can't find it. That's really. Would nice. you have um, what about it, that a guy who played Robin Hood? Nah, I wouldn't have him. Aaron Edgerton, no. I don't know. It's a tough one. Um. Mm. Ah, yeah. Sorry, quickly about Black Widow. So, um, Argentinian director Lu- Lucretia Martel claimed that she had previously met with Marvel about potentially getting involved with production, but she turned down the opportunity partly due to being told she wouldn't be an active participant. In orchestrating the film's action scenes. Oh, okay. So yeah, I don't know. That's kind of like I can't roll though. Imagine being like, yeah, we want you to direct this film, but yeah, all the action, all the all the main action bits, which is pick what people are gonna watch it for. Yeah, don't, don't leave that to us. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that's happened in previous um, Marvel films because you know they've given um, films over to like rare, fairly new directors, like mm. the guy who did Spider Man. Homecoming. I don't think he'd done much on that scale before, and you know, even you could argue Ryan Coogler. That was his like third film. Yeah. So I wonder how much involvement Marvel had in those, or if it's you know purely because she's female that they don't think she can handle it. Um. I, well, I would like to think that's not because she's female, because then they the person the woman who is directing it is female, right? Or the person directing it is female, right? I don't know who's directing. I think it's, I think it's Kate. Kate, someone. Kate, uh, someone. But then, to be fair, they might have asked her not to, uh, <laughs> not to do the Kate Shortland. Um, but they might have asked her not to do the action scenes as well, and she might have just said yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe they've seen this, that Argentinian director's previous work and thought maybe she was just better at the dramatic stuff. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. It's a, it is interesting, but I guess they've, they've got a particular style that they want to adhere to. I don't know. But yeah. Well, maybe, maybe, they, maybe, take... maybe they liked... Um, Maybe they just like the way the person did it in the films where she has done the action scenes already. They just want to keep that person. Say that again? So you know like the person who's choreographed the action scenes in the other films, like in Avengers and in... Is that the same person? I don't know, but that's what I'm saying. Maybe they maybe they use the same person and maybe they want to continue using the same right. person. I don't know. Okay. Mm. On, on the subject of female directors, um, Disney have said that 40% of their upcoming... Um, film slate is directed by women which is you know obviously a very positive thing to try and um address the balance um because apparently there's a there's a kind of quota that the big six studios are trying to adhere to which is to have a minimum of four percent female directors but disney have gone 10 times better and said 40 um the minimum is four minimum four percent yeah uh, I think it's currently lower than that now. Like, but it's only it's only because the, all the directors like have got reputa- good reputations, isn't it? And then people want to. Continue I think that's use... the only reason. But well, that's <laughs> one of the reasons, of the reasons I'd assume. Yeah. yeah, but then you know you could argue that the reason that female directors don't have a big reputation is because they're not getting the opportunities. Yeah. True. Um, because then, you know, but how then many, you want how many filmmakers have made like male filmmakers have made terrible films, but they no, keep no, getting no, employed. True, yeah. Like I mean, Michael Bay's got a good reputation, but he's made some fucking woeful films recently. Do you think Michael Bay actually has a good reputation at this point? Mm. <laughs> I feel like he doesn't. He's got a good history. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, but, also, but, like, but then I want to I want to flip that on you, and I want to say, just bec- I agree there should be more female directors, but you don't want to just give some you don't want to just put someone who's rubbish out there just to hit a quota though, do you? Yeah, but the point is that there are there are more opportunities. The point is that there are going to be, as many good uh, men directors are there. There's going to be exactly oh yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying there isn't. I'm not so saying if you can say the exact same thing. You don't want to put some some crap male on on it. Yeah, true. But so. I'm just saying. I'm just saying like. But but like we'll, you know we can talk about a bit more depth when we go into the main releases. But um, the guy who directed Green Book is Peter Farelli, and he's directed like Dumb and Dumber and Movie Forty Three, like some proper like. Oh, Bad movie forty three. Fucking hell! But he got the opportunity to direct Green Book, and now mm. you know it's it's been winning critical acclaim. So mm. I, I I don't know if a female director would have been offered the same opportunities had she made such risible films beforehand. True. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah. Um, Hobbs and, and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. Yes. So have you seen the trailer now, Chris? Yes. 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 I'm actually, I'm actually buzzing for it. I think it's fucking sick. I'm not going to lie. I think it's going to be ten times better. I think it looks really yeah, good. I think it's going to be ten times better than the last fucking four Fast and Furious films. I like the last Fast and Furious. Oh, mate. What, what about the trailer then has got you both so hyped? Mate, seeing Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham together, one, mm. that gets me hyped because mm. they're like, their relationship's sick, but it's like, love-hate relationship. Yeah. Then the fact that, uh, Id- Idris Elba, that's the... Mm. Yeah, I love him as an actor and he's a villain and I think he plays a... Like, in that, he looked like he played a sick villain mm. and the fact that when, was it, Dwayne Johnson like punches him and it's like, oh, nothing happened and then mm. he just gets fl- flung back. I was like, oh, mate, this is going to be you, sick. Do you not think that, like, the, the previous eight Fast and Furious films have had a small element of realism 
Zero realism. Like, uh, what about when fucking Vin Diesel jumped off the car onto another car from about like a hundred fucking meters? Uh, all right, fair enough. <laughs> Maybe the first, the first Four? couple. Yeah. yeah, the first few. But since from from like five onwards. Yeah, five might have got away with it. Yeah. But six, seven, eight. Okay, I take your point. <laughs> no, but what, what was your point then? Do you not? Do you not think this is? Do you think this doesn't look? He doesn't like the lack of realism. In fact, basically, Idris Elba's character is superhuman, so it's kind of like turning into like a sci-fi mm-hmm. franchise, which yes, I don't mind. Exactly. I mean, I know that obviously beforehand that it is so over the top, right? But, yeah. but you, you know, this guy is, you know, it, it, I don't know, it's, he's sort of like the, the beast from Glass. He's like, you know, got that extra level of, he's extra human. And to me, I'm like, you know, if they want to shift into a different direction, then that's absolutely fine. Um, I don't know. Okay, tell me, did... tell me what a good villain would be to go against The Rock and Jason Statham then. Well, surely Idris Elba could, you know, they could just make him a really good fighter. He doesn't have to be superhuman. Or if he has some sort of, like, I don't know, like, um, armour or maybe uh, mechanically enhanced armour or something... I don't know. I, it, 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 I'm not saying it looks bad. I think it looks quite good, actually. But um, for me, I was just like, mm, this seems a bit of a detraction from the well, series. But, but maybe that's the point. Well, they're nev- they're I, think the point. I think Dwayne Johnson said that him and Jason Statham might be returning to the Fast and Furious original um, franchise. That's interesting. So I assume Man. this is going to be a trilogy of films, at least. Yeah, I think so as well. I think it'll do well. Uh, do you, I tell you what bit of the uh, the the uh, trailer I liked is when they're both arguing and then the guy's talking through the screen and then the Rock fucking flings a chair at him and he's like, oh. Oh yeah. I liked when Jason Statham's in the lift and then the Rock is literally running down a building. Yeah. I like the it's like a buddy cop element but obviously they're not buddies so I quite like that their, their, their dynamic I think is going to make for good like good few laughs mm-hmm. I love the way Rock was, uh, Dwayne Johnson was like I've served the world four times now yeah but yeah I think yeah, I think it looks really good uh, and I'm surprised because I wasn't very high on this film when they announced it and I was thinking like why do they need a spin off but I mean I, I, I kind of get it because you've got like a bit of the Fast and Furious element of it like with all the cars and stuff you see in the trailer and the yeah. explosion and whatnot and then they've added like you know a little bit of a twist on it so with you know the sci-fi kind of thing in it so you know so maybe a little gap in the market you know yeah. so yeah I, I, think wonder, it's right. I wonder how Fast 9 will be received then if if they are both not going to be in it because mm. I'm assuming it's the same studio and they're, are they essentially cannibalising their own film yeah I think yeah I think uh, taking the rock away from it is uh, is not, not a massive detractor, but I would argue that he probably rejuvenated this. Fra- he rejuvenated this franchise. Yeah, from five onwards, but, isn't it? But maybe now, maybe because suppose the last one made what, like almost a billion dollars. Yeah, I think so yeah. Made a billion. maybe maybe the now they think, oh yeah, we're back on our feet, sort of thing. So now we can move away from the rock. I don't know. I mean, I how know. many films did they want to make anyway? Was it ten? Ten, yeah. So got two left. God. Right. They want to do a female, all female spin-off as well, don't they? Oh, yeah, I was going to say that as well. Yeah, yeah. that would be quite interesting. Mm. You've got um, 
Michelle Rodriguez, you've got... Um, the lady who had a baby. Yeah, you've got... Um, even Gal Gadot was in it. I, know, I don't know if no, the character she, died. She, she's or... dead. Oh, okay. She died in Fast 8. Uh, 7, she ah. saved that bloke, the uh, the one who's in Tokyo Drift. She saved his life. Oh, uh, okay. And then, but then you got the lady. You got the lady who's married to in the film uh, the guy who died in real life. Paul Walker. Yeah. 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 She's that... wanted the baby. Huh? Did you say she's wanted the baby? No, no. She's gone off, isn't she? She's not in it anymore. But she's technically a character still in the Fast franchise. And the new lady who's uh, going out with um, the technical guy. The one for Game of Thrones. One from Game of Thrones. Oh yes, yeah, Masandai. Mm. Um, what was I going to say? I heard that apparently The Rock was trying to get Jason Momoa to be part of Hobson Shaw. Yes, he wants um, him to be his brother. Yeah, so I'm wondering, like, if Fast Nine wanted another massive guy to be yeah. a part of the team, they could get him or someone equivalent. I think. I mean, I'd be up for it. And also, Hobbs, Hobbs, Hobbs's sister is in. Hobbs and Shaw, so she she could swing over to the Fast franchise as well. Yeah, or even um, John Cena. Like, mm, he could do. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah, he's done all right. He um, backtracked a comment. He he, he backtracked. He backtracked a comment he said in the WWE uh, a few weeks ago. Because when uh, Rock left WWE, he's, he made a mock. He made like a little dig at him for like not being full time in it, and then like just having an easy life. And then John Cena's now. Doing the same thing, and he's like, "Well, I'll take that back because it's not as easy as I thought it's gonna be." But yeah, yeah. But <laughs> but you know, I think they both done very well for themselves as actors. I think John Cena's a lot funnier than I thought he would be. Um, I think he needs he needs like a a big film. Yeah, like a big film, like a breakout role. Sort so of far, thing. he's done comedy, funny, it's dumb comedies. I think. I think he he could, he could literally follow the exact same pattern as The Rock, dude. Like, just like. Go keep action comedy, action comedy until you, and, until you, yeah, until you hit a jackpot. So the Rock, obviously, he started acting I don't know 10, 15 years ago, but eventually he hit Fast Five, and then that was like his big like yeah. thing. Since then, he's been doing film like films like at least couple films every year, and they were always action comedies. Was the other guys out before Fast Five? Because he was in that as well, wasn't he? He was in that. He wasn't in it for very long. Yeah, he, he was no. in like Scorpion yeah. King and stuff. So yeah, yeah but that, yeah. they're pretty dead films, aren't they? Like he he didn't really get much traction on them yeah well actually this might lead nicely into a question that Ollie posed us um, the other day of you know actors are are there any actors that are acting now that we don't think will become you know will still be working into their later years you know he was talking about how Robert De Niro's got longevity you've got Morgan Freeman's got longevity but but are there any actors that we think will have they though have they got longevity because Morgan Freeman these days, uh, if I'm, and Michael Caine, them two, they seem to just take every role I've seen like that pops up, even if they're rubbish. True. And Robert De Niro's last few films, like you said, haven't been the best films going. No, but they're still getting employment, whereas you know there are maybe other actors who True. haven't had that opportunity. True, but their, their name Glenn says finish, a lot. Let me finish. Let me finish quickly. Finish the list. Yeah, so I was just gonna say, like, so what actors? or actresses acting now do you think will be you know still working good or bad into their 60s 70s 80s and which ones can you not imagine working but I said well 
to be fair, Denzel Washington's already like 60 years old, but I can see him still do, be acting in like 10, 15 years' time. Um, yeah. I can see, definitely see um, Leonardo DiCaprio um, mm. doing the exact same thing. But I feel like actors like, like Will Ferrell, I reckon. Do you reckon Will Ferrell would be a funny old man? Probably. No, I don't think. I, no? I, I've seen, <sighs> seen some of his individual comedy like on like uh, Radio 1 sketches and stuff. And I'm like, this is this is old man this mm. is like this ain't as funny as it used to be kind of thing and I, mm. to be honest I never, I never thought he was that funny in the first place not even place. do I but I know uh, people, I feel people like love him he needs to diversify because you've got John C. Riley who's diversified into Stan and Ollie you've got um, Steve Carell who over the last few years has been in films like Foxcatcher mm. um, what's, what's the one he's in now Beautiful Boy yeah. um, Big Short but, you know so he's He's kind of taking a few more dramatic or kind of academy bait roles. Um, and that, I think that has helped prolong his career because mm. beforehand he was yeah. literally just like the idiot in Anchorman or like, you know. So I'm wondering if, if that has worked in his favour. Yeah. Um, Only because we're talking about Dwayne Johnson. Do you think Kevin Hart's got longevity in this? Not unless he switches it up. Okay. Yeah, I agree. That's like, I think that's same with the rock as well. Like someone like Daniel mm. Radcliffe, um, although he has tried to branch out with films, yeah, but he... Harry, Harry Potter, like they've not, you know, he's not been in anything big. Maybe that's his own choice, but I can uh, that's not see true. him being in things, you know, that's maybe not... like 60, 70. That's not true. He was in. Um... Oh my god, that scary! That supposedly scary film. The Woman in Black. Yeah, that's a big film. Yeah, but that was immediately after Harry Potter. Like, so mm. I'm saying, like, since Harry Potter. Well, I think he, I think he's he I think he's an actor who, in 15 years' time, would get a role, and then everyone would be like, "Oh, Daniel Radcliffe's back," kind of thing. And then, and then I think he, he's. I disagree. Do you think? Yeah. Mm, well, I don't know. It's a bit of a tricky one. I think uh, people's longevity. It, I suppose it does depend on their diversification. In the, in the in the industry, I um, think I think Daniel Radcliffe is way too ingrained in Harry Potter to do anything else. I'm not gonna lie. Like, yeah, same I, with like um, Emma yeah. Watson and Rupert Grint. Like, well, Rupert <laughs> Grint's just gone off the scene, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, isn't he's it? just not even here anymore. Mm. But um, a lot of actresses, I think someone like Emma Stone will probably, you know, she'll probably end up being like the Meryl Streep of. Yeah, well, she's done a, she's done a few different roles though. She has she's done comedy com- comedy roles like in Superbad and like. Uh, mm. She's done La La Land, which musical roles. Is oh, it, who's the guy she did that with? Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. He, he'll, he'll last a while. Hmm. He'll pop yeah, up. Exactly. Because he'll, they, these actors are taking risks and doing different hmm. genres and working with different directors. And I think that's the key. Oh, yeah. I, literally, I was about to say, I feel like the key to it is being able to diversify yourself. Mm. So, like, someone like, for, at the minute, someone like The Rock, you know, Will Ferrell, Kevin Hart, people like that, who only do comedies, mm. I, feel like, I feel like you can't do comedy forever. Forever, yeah. Because it gets to a point where you're just not funny. Like, if you're old, like, you're not that you're funny. You're the same anymore. role each time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of, like, a... I think Mark Wahlberg might stick around for a bit, though. Because oh, he's gone... He God. went from being serious <laughs> to, like, comedy and he's back to serious. I know you don't rate him as an actor, but mm. he seems to get roles all He's the not time. a bad actor. He just... Does the same voice every time. I don't even care about that. He's just not, like... He's just... He's vanilla. He's a vanilla actor. Yeah. I don't think he's ever... I haven't watched him in a film and thought, yeah, he's, he was great. Obviously, yeah. you know, he's in The Departed. I haven't seen that. Yeah. I haven't seen that yet, so. Yeah, oh, you haven't seen The Departed yet? No, not yet. I bought a DVD now, but I haven't watched it yet. Um, who else was in that film? Uh, I don't know. Tom Cruise might last a while. He'll, bring, he'll just keep bringing out his own stuff. 
He only does action films though, didn't he? Yeah. So like, I can't. You can't. You can't do action films forever. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Actually, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen him do a, like, a dramatic the, film in uh, forever. Unless he'll be the wise old man in the films. Hmm. Maybe. Mm. But females like Amy Adams, I could see you being out there for oh, a long yeah, time. Yeah, Sandra Bullock, Scarlett I could definitely Hansen. see you being that for a long time. Scarlett Hansen. Mm. She's done a few different roles. Yeah, but could, could you see her like seventy years old doing stuff? I think. Oh, I think yeah. a lot of the um, superhero people are going to struggle because yeah, I think, think so. Chris you said Robert, what would Robert Downey Jr. be doing and I was like I can't think of him other than Iron Man anymore yeah oh, yeah. yeah but then mm, this is tricky because like, we don't know what the next 10 year plan for Marvel is but someone else <clears throat> someone else might take the mantle and then you might be thinking you might envision them a bit more and it probably, you probably won't but like Chris Evans has tried to branch out a bit, but it's not been the biggest films ever, has it? Mm. And then Tom Holland, Tom Holland and Chris Evans have a film coming out together in the near future. Okay. But to be fair, they're all set for life anyway, so they could stop any. So I know what it's so. But should we should we talk about some films now? Yeah. Or, well, you, or well, did you have any actors that you thought? Me. Yeah. No, I'm just um. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to just not think of. You know, men. Yeah. Um, but I could see Viola Davis being like a old, yeah. wise old, yeah, a wise yeah, old yeah, woman. Definitely. Did she, like, yeah. And Saoirse Ronan. I think like she, I think she's about our age, and she's yeah, she's a really great actress. Was she in like, good? I'm not sure who she, who she is. Uh, so she's she plays Mary and Mary Queen of Scots. Oh she's, right, yeah, yeah. No, she yeah, she's she really good. Hammer, yeah, yeah. She was in Atonement. Yeah, she's she really was good. in Ladybird. Mm. Um, oh yeah, she was yeah, in Ladybird. Like, I'm trying to look at all these films I've got and trying to envision people, but like everyone seems to have dropped off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but come in. Thinking, like to to kind of wrap up the news section and to move neatly on to the main discussions is. Um, there's a Ted Bundy trailer yeah. uh, featuring Zac Efron, which was called Incredibly Evil and Violent or something like that. It's a terrible name. Yeah, but um, and obviously then one of you has watched the Ted Bundy documentary, so do you want to give us an overview of who Ted Bundy was um, and why this trailer caused so much controversy? Well, Chris is the one who's watched the... Uh documentary but he just stepped out but I know they're just so Ted Bundy is like one of the most notorious serial killers in uh, USA history and like they've got like um, like psychology students do classes on him and studies and stuff like that criminology students and all stuff like that and like obviously he was a completely really evil person and then they've shown uh, this film starring Zac Efron and the way <laughs> the way the film's been portrayed is kind of like a very like like upbeat like, how could this guy ever murder anyone sort of thing? And it's, like, very, like, people... A lot of people have seen it as kind of, like, um, glorifying his character, even though he's... Oh, okay. Even though he's obviously, like, a... Um, like, obviously, was a horrible human being. But then the other point... The other side of the coin was made to... That, like, the way... The reason he's being portrayed like that is because, in real life, people thought, oh, this guy can never kill anyone. He was charming, you know, good-looking, whatever, whatever. And the whole point of the film is to show that this guy was murdering people and getting away with it because he was, you know, charming, good-looking, etc., etc. Yeah. Well, I hope I hope the film actually makes, a, you know, commentary on that then. Yeah. You know, being like, you know, how easy it is for, um, you know, a, a, an Af- Afro-ball kind of white male to get away with so much stuff. Yeah. Um, 
So if it's just saying, oh, look, he was handsome and did this stuff. Yeah. But there needs to be, I think, a little bit more to be like, yeah, this is, this needs to change or mm-hmm. this is, you know. There's two things as well that I would want to say is that, Glenn, have you seen, have you seen Pain and Gain, the film? Mark Wahlberg? Um, Mark Wahlberg, uh, The Rock. Is that the one with Denzel Washington? No, no. No, that's two guns. I've seen no. that, but I've not seen Pain and Gain. Okay, well, it, the trailer that kind of reminds me of Pain and Gain because Pain and Gain was like it was about like three con artists who like killed a few people, and it was actually like a really serious like thing that happened, like a big scandal, big um, scandal back in the nineties, I think. But then the way they portrayed it in the film was kind of like a comedy, and then is that the one with uh, Dwayne Johnson, Marvel, yeah, 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 yeah. Andrew Matthews? Yeah, that's yeah. The one. Um, but that's that's what it reminded me of. So I can, if it's uh. in that vein, I can see why some people would be a bit like. Oh, I hope they don't go this route. But what is what is, obviously, I can't say until I've seen it. Second thing I want to say is, I feel like you could put out the, that exact same trailer for the Ted Bundy film, and if it's someone other than Zac Efron, no one says anything. Because it's Zac Efron, and you don't expect him to be in a film like that, that's why people are like, oh, this is a guy from High School Musical. Blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. so, do you I, think it was a, a less attractive actor? Do you think there would be no furore about it? Yeah, I, I, just think, I, just think, I just think it could be an attractive actor, but just not Zac Efron. Because people know Zac Efron for a certain type of film. Film, yeah. So I think they associate him with a certain more upbeat type of film, and that's kind of they've kind of gone along with that. So I feel like yeah. if it was somebody else, people would have would have had less of an out, outrageous reaction. I'll tell you what, though. So for, for me, because um, I've started watching the uh, documentary on um, Netflix... Um, a lot of people were saying like Ted Bundy was really attractive and like he had this certain allure about him. And I, I'm watching it. I'm thinking I'm fi- I'm not getting this vibe. I don't know what people are seeing in him. Like it's probably the vibe the documentary's putting out though. True. And then um, but then I was like kind of thinking, well then it's re- it's really hard to get like the allure like for you to envision someone to have this like real like yeah. allure about them. You're not a woman though. True. <laughs> but then if you have Zac Efron in that place, then you kind of got that extra bit that everyone can see. If you know what I mean? Like, mm. I can see it. We that's because that everyone's like overtly. Yeah, I know, I know, looking. I know. But like, yeah, that's that's all I can yeah, think yeah, of really. But uh, as well as the selling factor that you have Zac Efron in the front seat. So, mm. so, so do you want to give us a little bit of uh, a insight into the Ted Bundy documentary, then, Chris? Hmm. Yeah. Um, Finish your food. Yeah. Um, basically, <laughs> um, so I've only watched two episodes. They're about fifty minutes each. Um, it's just it's basically just taking you through like how it all started, um, how he was quite, a, he was quite a, like a strange character, and he, from what I got, he 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 wanted to be like out there, but he wasn't really like. I think people would ask him like, was he part of a sports team, and he'd be like, yeah, 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 but then everyone would be like, well, he wasn't really. And then women used to find him quite attractive and nice, and he had a girlfriend at the time as well when this all was happening, and I think I must have misheard something because it seemed like the. Actually, do you know what? I don't want to really say much because it will spoil the film. I'd rather... I think I should have watched the film first and then the documentary. No, I think you've got the right around. Yeah. Um, so. Does the documentary have, like, a particular agenda about what it's trying to say? No, it's, it's just... just, it's, just presenting it's, it's presenting how they figured out it was Ted Bundy. So it was like there was a number of girls who it had been, like, murdered and, like... And then they started asking... the some of these girls friends if they ever met the person who these pe- the girls were going out with and then one person out of the blue just was like I believe his name was Ted and then they had to like narrow down all the Ted's in the area and then all the Ted's who had been to certain places I mean 
Again, I've got to watch rewatch the second episode actually. But it seemed like to me that the police brought Ted in to like explain why he thought what what he thought had happened in the events. And I, I kind of got the 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 feeling that the policeman knew it was this Ted, but wanted to see how he portrayed it. So like to uh, almost see how he thought it would pan out. Obviously, he's just saying how it actually was. Um, so that's as far as I really got in it. I didn't get too far in it, but it's it's really interesting actually. And um, yeah, it's kind of scary how uh, well it's not scary, but there was one woman who like got away, and it's like kind of this we're at a point where we're like, do the people believe her? Do people not believe her? Would they really think that this Ted guy who was, I think he was like a, I think he worked on the presidential team or something. Could be totally wrong about this, but I'll, look, let me finish watching it and then I'll talk to you some more about it because I'd rather have all the details before I start yeah. chatting nonsense. Well, Netflix tweeted saying, um, "Can people please stop finding him attractive?" There are several other series on Netflix featuring more attractive actors and people um, who aren't serial killers. So <laughs> that was a public service announcement there. Mm. Okay, well, let's move on to some new releases. Um, have we all seen Glass? No. <laughs> oh, so is it just me and you, Obi? Yeah. Oh, okay. Go Chris. for it. Talk, talk, talk about it as much as you want. Are you going to see it? Uh, not while it's in the cinema, no. Okay, so can we spoil? Yeah. Okay, well, so Glass is the third instalment in the Unbreakable trilogy. There is an actual name for this say, trilogy yeah, to do with the, uh, the train. What's it called? Uh, Do you remember what it's called, Glenn? Pardon? Can you remember what the, what the what the actual name for it is? It's to do with the train that crashes in Unbreakable. It's like something that, 77, isn't it? the train number was. Yeah. Um, like the, I don't know, Chicago 7-Eleven or I don't know whatever it's called. But um, so this is the third instalment. It's following on from Unbreakable and Split. So Split, which right at the end was confirmed as part of uh, this series of films. Um, so it sees... Uh, David Dunn, played by Bruce Willis, Elijah, um, is his surname is Glass, no? I'm not sure, not sure. Elijah, played by uh, Samuel Jackson, and uh, The Horde, played by James McAvoy. Um, they all the what? Of... Horde. Horde. Oh, interesting, okay. That's the name for his 20-something personalities. Um but they, they kind of all get put together in a psychiatric hospital and Sarah Paulson's character tries to convince them that they are delusional and that they none of them are superhuman at all. Um, so, <laughs> this film... I, I was disappointed, I'm going to be honest. Um, Why? I thought this film was far too knowing about itself... Um, but to the point That's where it, what, it wasn't, for me, it wasn't like, um, oh yeah, this is a cool fourth wall break or self-referential mm. thing. It was like, to me, it sort of pointed out the flaws of the film. So there's a point when um, Elijah or Mr. Glass is saying, oh, you know, this is um, this is how it all should end in, in, in the comics, you know, a big meeting at. A, you know, an important building, and everyone's going to fight, and the hero be victorious. Yeah. And then, and then he's like, "Oh no, it's an origin story." And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> I was like, "How was this an origin story?" Because David Dunn's been, you know, a vigilante for the last nineteen years. Um, Mister Glass has been a supervillain for that long. So you yeah. know, like, whose origin story is it? I, I thought, thought they oh, were going to. Um, 
against it and that David Dunn's son was going to have been mm. kind of um, superhuman and maybe it would have been his origin story. But there mm. was just so many references to like, oh, this is what would happen in a comic book or mm. blah, blah, blah. And, and to me, it became more of like a reliance on that. And it was like a reliance on the audience knowing about this for the plot to make sense mm. rather than the plot making sense in and of itself. Um, okay. And that was the letdown for me. Um, I also thought, like, I know it's probably part of the point of what the film's trying to make, but, you know, it's, it's promising these big climaxes and it doesn't deliver them. Um, I thought the action was pretty poor at the choreography when they're just, they're literally just pushing each other, David Dunn and, and James McAvoy's um, beast. Mm. All they do is push each other into bands. And then the fact that, um, spoiler alert, all three of them die. I was like... I like oh. that. I, d- I didn't, because when, when uh, that police officer's drowning David Dunn, he dies, and then he starts doing CPR. I was like, well, you obviously wanted to kill him. Yeah, that was the point then. He was part of the organisation. Huh? He was part of the organisation. Yeah, but why is he doing CPR if you sh- kill him? To show... To put on a facade, obviously. Mm. I've also thought that whole kind of... Uh, reveal of this four-leaf clover gang mm-hmm. i was like well that came out of nowhere and completely that's the twist Claire, that's, the, that's the classic m night shovel on twist mate come on it was i liked are you are you done or are you uh, uh, can i ask how the other two died um uh the horde gets shot and um he killed the the james mcavoy kills um uh mr glass i mean is mr glass part of this organization no no so mr glass um, gets punched in the stomach by so basically it's revealed Don't that cringe, um, Mr. Glass is the reason that Kevin like Wendell Crumb's father died so Kevin Wendell Crumb's father died on the train that David Dunn survives in Unbreakable and so it's revealed so James McAvoy's character finds out that Mr. Glass is the reason he is an orphan which allowed oh. uh, not an orphan sorry that his dad died so that his mum was then abusive to him and he then became split personality. I thought that was a good so, twist as well, personally. I thought that was a good twist, but so when that happens, the beast punches Mr. Glass and because he's so fragile, he literally bleeds to death. Yeah. Then um, Anya Taylor-Joy's character, um, who's released from, you know, she escapes from in, in Split, she comes back and convinces the beast to let Kevin Wendell Crumb be the dominant personality and then when that happens he gets shot um and then david dunn gets drowned um i did also think that casey you know her reasoning for wanting to come back i was a bit like why would you want to this guy kidnapped you and you know I thought that was that's like um what's it called though um, isn't it you know when um uh people who are like kidnapped and stuff they begin to like 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 their captors syndrome. that's it stockholm syndrome i think but, this is, but that's I think it's broad like. enough for me because all that happens is you see her at school and then the teacher's like, oh, have you been thinking about it? And she's like, yeah. And then, then she goes to the psychiatric ward and there was no development there for me for me to understand why she wanted to do this. I think it was the connection because she kind of had like a... she she The only person who she's really connected with is Kevin, I suppose, and like the little nine-year-old as well. So like she knows that like... Not that it's not Kevin's fault, but like she knows kind of that like Kevin's gone through abuse. So I think that's the, who she's connected with because obviously she's gone through abuse as well. Does that make sense? 
But like, so what did you, what did you think of it then, Obi? So I actually quite enjoyed it. So um, that gives me hope, man. That gives me hope. <laughs> but no, when 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 the film finished, I was kind of like, I kind of had to ponder it. I was thinking like, hmm, like I'm not really sure what I, how I think about it. And then I was like thinking about it over the next couple of days, and I was like, I think I actually quite liked it. So like, um, I the only um, like bad things I think um, is that uh, Samuel Jackson doesn't talk until about halfway through the film. And I was, yeah. I'd find that kind of a bit annoying, but it's not really that, that big a deal. And the only thing was that I thought that like towards the end, it kind of dragged a little bit. But, you know, it is what it is. But um, I like the fact that it kind of like flipped the superhero genre on its head a little bit because obviously it was self-referential to a point, but then it was kind of like... So like these things are happening and obviously like uh, the... Uh, Samuel Jackson and uh, and the Horde, they're all doing their thing. Obviously, they're getting all messy, doing breaking mm-hmm. out and stuff like that. And then uh, Bruce Willis' son is like going to the comic book store and seeing like, oh shit, like what would happen in the comics? Like trying to f- figure out like, how this is how this is gonna play out. And they make a point that say like, um, these comics must be based on something. Like mm-hmm. something in uh, in real life must have happened for the people to get the idea in his head of these comic books and start writing them and stuff okay. like that. So they kind of use like that logic to think, okay, what's he going to do next? Yeah. And that's how, um, uh, Bruce Willis's son finds out that, um, that, uh, Samuel Jackson killed the Horde's dad. It's cause he like kind of thinks, oh, this is the t- twist that would happen. So now I'm going to look up all this shit on the computer and whatever, whatever. And I like that. I like the fact that, um, Sarah Paulson's character was like, trying to convince them that they weren't um, superheroes Superhero, to the yeah. point where I actually was thinking like are they actually like <laughs> I was actually thinking like is, like is Bruce Willis is he actually the struggle like what's going on mm. and like you could see that even Bruce Willis himself was doubting it in his mind like he, even oh. he wasn't sure and like seeing simple things like um, so Bruce Willis's character is affected by water mm. and then Sarah Paulson's like oh, she like sprayed him water to like, keep him down whatever. and she was like don't you think it's like she basically said like, don't you think it's silly that you being hit with water is weakening you. Like that shouldn't that that doesn't work. Yeah. Sort of thing. And I like that. Like because obviously Does he not he, shower? Hmm? I have no idea, man. Oh. <laughs> I genuinely have no idea. I genuinely have no idea. So like he he um and, and to be honest, <laughs> that's the reason why um Bruce Willis dies. Because he's been held on the water and obviously he that's his weak that's his weakness. He can't actually get out of it and the whilst the guards like because obviously if it was regular life he's um, I'm assuming stronger than the guards so we could just like you know fuck mm. him up but obviously because he's been held on the water that's the reason why Are we 100% dies. confirmed he's dead isn't yeah he's dead so like there's no way like they've taken him away and then he'll suddenly no, wake all, up they're all, they're all dead oh. <laughs> they're all dead and I actually quite like the fact that they're all dead because no, I didn't see I didn't see it coming it's not a standard comic book exactly, exactly. Yeah. so like in the standard comic book film he like overcomes the guard beats him up does whatever whatever and comes out the hero blah 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 mm. but in this one they all died and I was like oh shit like, they're actually oh, all God. dead like, I, actually quite, I actually really enjoyed that yeah. it was a good nice twist and the fact that they were setting up this, like I said, they were setting up this big fight on top of this tower in Philadelphia. And they obviously, in a regular superhero film, they would have the big climactic fight. Mm. Bruce Willis wins, blah, blah, blah. They don't even get to the, to the building, <laughs> which I think is great. Like, because obviously, it's, like I say all the time, things like about film is unpredictability. And that's mm. something I didn't expect. Also, the, um, Falling them, them all die. Yeah, the, the, the gang thing, which I think, I think is actually frustrating me a little bit because. I would like to know a bit more about that little gang yeah. thing, and if they were going to do, I wouldn't mind them doing like another film just so I could find out, find out a little bit more about, about their, yeah. that society sort of thing. But obviously, I'm pretty sure now he's finished. Um, so. I wonder if there's any snip snippets of this other if, of this gang, like maybe. in the other films, yeah, and we just haven't spotted it. Yeah, maybe. 
I've, yeah. I've got a question. What's this? What's the apparent six sixth sense link? I have no idea. Dead? I don't know. <laughs> oh. No idea. I'm not sure. I'm okay. Not sure. M. Night is in the film, though. Is he? Yeah. He's, um... Apparently, it's the um, East Rail seven t- uh, one 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 seven seven um, trilogy. That's it. Trilogy. But yeah, yeah, overall, I think I think it was a pretty pretty decent film. I think I haven't seen Unbreakable, but I think Split is a better film than this. But I can't say that I didn't enjoy this. I thought it was actually pretty decent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, what I also don't understand is why Sarah Paulson's character allows Casey, Elijah's mum, and David Dunn's son to walk free when they know all about this do they though yeah because they were there all three of them were there but what can when, they prove when, what can, when you, what can they prove killed what can they prove I don't know it just seems like a loose end doesn't it that they but wouldn't it also be odd if you saw that um, obviously these three guys died and then all of the people who were connected to them also died I don't know it's just yeah, I don't know. It just they're and also they're not few. they're not super they're not superhuman. So I feel like that's they're kind of like allowing them. I did think at one point that at least one of them was going to be like a superhuman something something. I thought that would have been good if his son was. But also when they released this footage, you know, because um, they they get the CCTV sent to them. Yeah. Um, uh, and then they release it, and and everyone's like, oh my gosh, there are superhumans. But David Dunn's character's been doing vigilantism for nineteen years. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been evidence on the camera that he's done kind of superhuman things. So again, it's not like it's not like a, a massive reveal because at least people in that city have already known about it. Yeah, but now like everybody knows like all over the internet. I don't. I, don't, I feel like David Dunn's character wasn't like like not that many people know about him. He's kind of like mm. it was kind of like a myth, a rumor sort of thing. Like. Does he actually exist? Does this guy actually yeah. have like superpowers? Because even in like I think they they showed like some sort of article I think at the, at the start of the film, and even then like his face was covered and like yeah he's always got the yeah, hoodie on and stuff. I, isn't he? I feel like there was a bit of ambiguity as to whether or not people actually like believe that this guy was um, superhuman. superhuman. Whereas yeah. with the with the um, the video that kind of like you know clar- clarifies that yeah we do have superhuman people amongst us. Did he, did he use his other ability? He's not. Also, he's not just superhuman. He's got the. He's got premonition. Yeah, he did actually. Oh, okay. right, like, right at the start of the film, yeah. What was the premonition? It was so there was a group of cheerleaders who were um, who the horde um, abducted, and basically he touched um, he touched uh, the horde Kevin, and then he got the premonition of where they were and stuff like that, and then he said to the Sarah Paulson, which this was actually quite clever, I think. Well, kind of. He said to Sarah Paulson, "Yeah, I've got this this power, so I used my premonition to figure out where he was." And then she kind of like broke everything down, and she's like, "Yeah, you only realise this because this happened, this happened. Like you saw the you saw the um some sort of like uh, brick dust on his trousers. That's why you thought, oh yeah, they're going to be in a red building, blah blah blah. So he's saying you're using your common sense rather than this is your premonition. Yeah. This is your power. Oh. So that's how she kind of like tried to make him disbelieve himself." Mm. Also, I know because we haven't really mentioned it yet, but James McAvoy, I'll give him a little mini applause because his acting is phenomenal. And the fact like there was one point, so I think you've seen the trailer like where they use the light and it's like switching between characters, yeah, and, yeah, characters yeah. and he just like acts about ten different characters in about twenty seconds. I think it's great. Like I yeah, thought, that was that was yeah, really good. I was thinking I must be an actor's dream to just be able to mm, do all, do all of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but yeah, he was he was great. I thought almost reminds me of Orphan Black. I haven't seen it, but... Well, she's like a clone. Mm. She's got like 20 different clones and they're all different personality types and mm. she has to act every single one. I'm like, fuck, that must be effort, man. So much effort. And like, um, 
What happened to Mud? That's what I was literally thinking. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. yeah you remember Mud? But yeah, he was good. He was good in it. But yeah, I, I thought it was a de- decent film. I think I gave it a seven out of ten. Uh, I give it a six. Fair enough. No, not bad. Good scores all around. I think. Uh, what have you watched, Chris? Um, me and Obi, also. Me and Obi saw the Dragon Ball Super film. Mm. Was it Dragon oh, Ball yeah. Super or Dragon, Dragon Ball Z? Dragon Ball Super. Yeah. Um, so, it's Dragon Ball Super Broly, or Broly, however you want to pronounce it. Um, they've had a few of these films, actually. Like Over the years, I think there's been about two or three films where this, this guy's the villain. Uh, they, they usually make it canon. Um, I think this one isn't going to be canon. Oh, I thought this one was. I thought it was the other way around. The other ones weren't. This one was. I don't. No, you, you probably know better than me. I so. believe. That, so the other ones, I the other ones, I didn't think were canon. Isn't this set after Dragon Ball Super though? Yeah. So this is why I believe it's not canon. Okay. So I think it's actually going to continue with the new Dragon Ball Super series, but only because of the ending of the film where Goku takes Broly, Broly or Broly to the planet so he can live. That's the only reason I think it's going to continue. Basically, it's set where Goku still wants to achieve higher power because of the tournament of power that we witnessed in Dragon Ball Super Series. Um, and then Freezer, the villain who's... He's been the villain for a good chunk of this franchise. Uh, well, good chunk of Dragon Ball Z and a good half of Dragon Ball Super. He's been a villain. And basically, he's he got resurrected because of the tournament of power, which we get told about in the film. Um... And um, basically, he wants to get the Dragon Balls, and this bit I thought was fucking stupid. I agree. So, you get seven Dragon Balls, you get to make a wish, but it's got to be a wish that can be actually made actually, by no, the Dragon Balls. Kind of, it was funny, yeah. <laughs> and basically, Bulma, who's Vegeta, Vegeta, who is Goku's... Frenemy. Frenemy. And Bulma, who is Vegeta's wife and Goku's first friend, or oldest friend. Uh, Bulma has, the seven, has six of the seven Dragon Balls, because she wants to... Lose five years of, of eight, like she wants yeah, to reduce look her. Five years younger. Yeah, look five years younger. And then Freezer wants to get the seven Dragon Balls because he wants to be five inches taller. Was it five inches? I think it was. I think it was a bit less than that actually. I thought it was the same both. Oh, maybe. But maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But it, the funny thing was because. Um, so they asked Bulma why do you want to uh, lose five years for your first why not ten why not fifteen she was like oh because then it would be too obvious and people would know yeah. that um, that, I've, that something's happened and then they ask <laughs> Freezer the same thing and he goes yeah I can't be more than five inches because that would be too obvious and people yeah. would ask where it oh, <laughs> so yeah that was kind of funny I like, yeah. I like that but it was dumb it was, it very was dumb. very dumb yeah, yeah. so but um, in this time frame we see the so in the original story Freezer uh he has his dad called King Cold. King Cold uh, basically rules over all the Saiyans because they're stronger. And they any Saiyan they basically see that's stronger probably end up killing behind closed doors. He then gives the the leadership of, of the Saiyans to Freezer. And we see like Freezer as a young kid. And then as he gets older, Freezer gets worried because Freezer's heard a rumour of a Super Saiyan God. Now I think in the original cartoons it's he, he's heard a rumour of a Super Saiyan, just a normal Super Saiyan. Because they're they're just Saiyans, and he then blows them all. He gets them all to go to the planet. He blows them all up, and th- we see that story, and we see why. Um, we see why Badrock, who's um, or Bardock, sorry, that's Goku's father. Why he sends Goku off into space, um, and then we see on another planet that Vegeta and Raditz, Raditz is Goku's brother, are on another planet with a few of the other Saiyans, and they've survived. 
And then we see that Vegeta's dad wasn't happy because uh, the villain... Bro- how, do you, how would you pronounce it? Broly? Broly? Perhaps I have you want, Chris. Well, yeah. uh, Broly... Uh, oh, no. Broly. I'll say Broly. Broly is like sent to another planet because he's way too strong as a kid. And then he grows up on this de- desolate place, becomes strong with his father. Yada, yada, yada. A few years later, Freezer... He get this. He gets picked up by some people who work for Freezer. They bring him back to Freezer, and Freezer's like, "Great, this is a good opportunity for me to send him out there, and he can beat the crap out of Goku and Vegeta." So then we go to Earth, and a fight ensues between Vegeta and Broly, and basically, um, he's way too strong. Like Vegeta goes Super Saiyan, then he goes Super Saiyan God. Then he goes Super Saiyan, Super Saiyan God, and basically, basically for anyone who, who's listening and for you, Glenn, who's listening, it goes um, for in the transformations we've seen over the years. It's Kaioken, then it's Super Saiyan, Super Saiyan Two, Super Saiyan Three, Super Saiyan God, and then Super Saiyan, Super Saiyan God, and then in the, and then in in the Tournament of Power, the gods have an ability where they can go Ultra Instinct, and Goku has achieved that but he can't do it at will so that's where we're at so Vegeta goes Super Saiyan God he's getting beaten up I don't think does Vegeta get blue hair I think he does yeah okay and then he's still getting beaten up but then uh, but he's, he's he's holding his own and then Goku oh no red hair red hair okay. yeah so Vegeta goes Super Saiyan God then I think they like Goku kind of tags it in so Goku goes up against this guy Goku's doing alright he's using his Super Saiyan God and he's kind of stopping him but He's just get the the villain's just getting more and more angry, and he's just getting he's overpowering him every single time, and then basically uh, the dad, the Brody's dad, is like, oh, he 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 usually could contain him because he had electronic uh, neck brace on him, but that's been broken, so no one can control him. And um, basically, he's just getting stronger and stronger and stronger, and then Freezer thinks that Goku's gonna win because Goku's then gone Super Saiyan God. Uh, Super Saiyan, Super Saiyan God. Yeah, blue hair basically. And so what Freezer does is that he goes, he goes, Broly, look what you did. You, uh, 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 one of your, what's it called? One of your, I don't know. Basically, he, he, Freezer claims that uh, Broly's dad got killed by one of the misfired shots when Freezer actually did it himself, which is kind of funny as well, isn't it? But um, and then. Skip, skip, hop, and a jump. We realise that Goku and Vegeta need to find a different way of beating him. So they teleport out to their mate Piccolo, and Piccolo teaches them the technique to fuse together. And in and during this time, Freezer's getting beaten the crap out of because they swap places with Freezer. So Freezer's getting beaten up by Broly, and then Goku and Vegeta merge together after two failed attempts, which is a bit of a um, uh, homage to. The old cartoons, because uh, Trunks and Go Goten did the fusion in the cartoon, and if they if you do it wrong in certain ways, you don't perfect the transformation. So first time they became skinny, no, the first time they became fat, first time they became too skinny, and then third time they did it perfectly, and then fight carries on, and I think they basically they're basically they're, they're absolutely in this fusion form, uh, Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan fusion form. They're smashing it, they're they're beating him up. And then this girl gets the Dragon Balls and wishes for Broly to be sent to a different planet and to be safe. And so he gets sent to a different planet, he's safe, and then Freezer goes away, and that's pretty much the end of the film. 
So the main villain gets like saved yes. and is still alive, mm-hmm. but you don't think that this is going to be canon. So um, canon in my mind is it's not going to be part of the storyline. No, canon is part of the storyline. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah I think. Canon, canon sorry, that, sorry. Then that, yeah, what you, you said know, earlier, I agree. An accepted part of the world of Dragon Ball Z. Sorry, this will be canon. I reckon this will be canon. You're right. Sorry, this will be canon. The other ones not canon. They're not in it. Okay, so so why do Dragon Ball um, release films every so often? Like, is it does the series build up to an event and then the film is that event? No, or not really. How no. Does it work? So. In the original films, from my understanding, sorry to any anime person who listens to this, but the first film I watched, it was like a recreation of a few episodes, and then they like added a villain in. So it's like rehash of episodes and a villain, and then they did this I think for two or three of the films, and then they brought Broly in, and he was just an he was yeah again it's in the middle of a storyline, but he's he's a villain. And then they brought him back in another film, which was like coherent to the film timeline, but not the normal timeline. Okay, and so then, the film timeline is kind of separate. Yeah, but then the most recent three films are not separate. So, Battle of Gods, well, basically they made Battle of Gods, then they made Dragon Ball Super, and Dragon Ball Super uh, then redid the, ep- redid the film as episodes. Okay. With just shitter drawings. And then same with... Uh, Revival of F, which was Revival of Freezer, uh, it happened again. So the film came out, then they did the episodes. It might, yeah, and then this one's obviously this is taking place after the uh, tournament of power, which they refer to in the film. And then I think the tournament, then I think the Super Drumble Super Series will continue from this. But then I don't know. They could easily just make it non-canon again because they could just be like, well. Just don't ever talk about him again. It's easy, isn't it? But um, yeah. I thought, like to be honest, I don't know about you. I thought it was a, it was a good film. It wasn't great, it was, but yeah, it was alright, wasn't it? it was... Um, I thought it was okay. Um, I haven't watched Dragon Ball in I don't know, must be at least fifteen years. Um, so I wasn't really entirely sure what was going on. It was nice to see like a few little, because obviously there's characters that I recognise and storylines that I vaguely remember. So it was nice seeing like a few little throwbacks. Um, I actually thought that the first 20 minutes of the film is better than the rest of the film. So like the first 20 minutes is like all the historical stuff and like how Broly comes about, how um, Goku goes to get sent to Earth and stuff like that. I actually found thought was quite interesting. Um, and then it gets to like the present day, and the fight scene is about forty five minutes long. Yeah, it was very long. And I'm not gonna lie, after about fifteen minutes, I fell asleep for five, and then I woke up, <laughs> got my second wind, woke up, and the next twenty minutes it was it was fine. But like obviously, because I'm not a an avid watcher anymore, when he's getting red hair and blue hair and all stuff like that, there's not really like people in the cinema are getting gassed, and I like I get it, but like obviously because I don't watch it, mm. it's not the same. It didn't give me the same feeling. Yeah. So I can understand why a lot of people would love it. But, yeah, I thought the fight scene was incredibly way too long. Mm. Um, but the film is, is decent in itself. I think that... Um, oh, shit, what was I about to say? I think that... Oh, crap. Sorry, carry on. I completely forgot what I was about to say. Um, so the bit that everyone... like Loads of people got really gassed at one point because um, Goku's transforming, I think, into from, dra- uh, from Super Saiyan God to Super Saiyan Super Saiyan God. And that's a really shit name, isn't it? But um, <laughs> his hair starts going like like silver before the blue. And silver hair Goku means he's Ultra Instinct, which is the one that everyone's like, oh, amazing. But I think they just all got duped at that moment. Mm. 
And also, yeah, I agree with Obi. The fight scene was way too long, but I think it's because they do it in like a um, episode format. Like in an episode, they would break that down into about four episodes, five episodes, and just have little snip snippets in between. Because they made it into a film, they just smashed it together. Yeah. And then what I found quite funny actually, and I feel like every time I have I see an ovation, like uh, a clapping ovation at the end, it's like. What? Like everyone was clapping. I was like, "Fuck it, all right." Mm. Was it that good? People get really invested. They really do. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I was gonna. I remember I was gonna say now. So I think again, you said this before. Um, is that so? Me and Chris watched it, and it was um, it was dubbed English dubbed, and I feel like a lot of the time when they ch- translate it to English, um, the what 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 they're trying to say isn't quite conveyed correctly. Yeah, it's not so clear. some of the lines come across to me as like kind of out of place and sometimes quite lame. Yeah. So it makes, I mean, yeah. it kind of takes me out of the film a little bit. I was thinking, oh, that sounds really mm. fucking terrible. And even, I feel like, I feel like there's certain bits where they've literally just completely um, said different lines to what the Japanese version say. Because that's why I felt, some of the stuff that Goku was saying, I was just like, what? <laughs> I was just like, what are, you, what are you on about? But yeah. Um, but I suppose I'm not, I don't, I can't, I'd rather uh, watch it uh, dubbed than read it subbed. Yeah. Obviously I don't speak Japanese, so, you know, is what it is. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't as good. I tell you, it wasn't the best film they brought out. Like, um, in, out of the three recent ones, is Battle of Gods. That was a that was a game changer, and that was really good. That one. So, just saying. So, Karen. Cool. Well, as I say, we don't have too long left, but we've got um, a few kind of Oscar-y films that we've all seen. Um, okay. So, I was say, yeah. Have we? <laughs> Probably just me and you, Glenn. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, have you watched Stan and Ollie, uh, Obi? I have. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about Stan and Ollie, Mary Queen of Scots. Wow, uh, okay. And then you Fucking can hell, talk about... Um, Has the Oscars uh, even happened yet? If Bill Street can talk. Why don't we... Oh, whatever, yeah. It's only because the nomination no, the just aren't yet. That's why. Hmm. Yeah, okay, yeah. But, um, okay, so let's, I, I feel let's like there's another... definitely things that we could all talk about here. Oh, you know, and also these films just came out as well. Anyway, come on, let's just... Yeah, let's rattle through. So let's start with uh, Stan and Ollie. Um, so I, so Stan and Ollie is a kind of biographical film about uh, Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy, who were a comedic double act uh, in like the forties through fifties, or maybe even earlier than that. Um, they were world famous, um, but because of the way the studio system worked back then, they weren't actually that wealthy. Um, you know, they're manager pretty much had all the money um, and they were just relying on doing the pictures um, so this kind of follows them in their later days uh, as they're approaching their 60s and they need money to, to finance a new film they want to do so they have to do a kind of theatre tour of the UK yeah. um, and it just shows like the, the trials and tribulations of their, their friendship um, as it gets to this kind of testing stage um, so I as a film student, I am quite uh, embarrassed to say that I don't know very much about Lauren Hardy. Um, they're very much of their era was was you know Charlie Chaplin as well, who you know is more well known. Um, but this I thought was a really I thought, sounds quite damning fake praise, but it's quite a cute film. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, very kind of sentimental mm. and gentle. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the the kind of chemistry that Steve Coogan and John C. Riley had together. Yeah. Um, Wait, Glenn, Glenn, Glenn. 
Glenn. Pardon? You see yeah. you see their sketches, yeah? Yeah. Did you find them funny? I did, yeah. I was actually cracking up. I wanted to kind of joke. It's just simple, isn't it? It's yeah. Like, <laughs> like with the egg, like when he got when he brought the boiled eggs. Yeah, it's just like it's just simple. Like it's it's none of this like crude kind of sex comedies that we have now. It's yeah. just pure kind of family entertainment. Like you know the mistake, you know going through one door and, and popping out another and, yeah. you know it's just yeah it's back to you know it's quite nostalgic and even though you know we were born long after these people were in their heyday mm. um, I still felt you know it was quite it was very nice to be in that company and um, yeah just all the performances are really good I thought it, it did sort of make me think oh yeah I would quite like to go back and watch some Lauren Hardy sketches yeah um, and you do get a little bit of the footage at the end during the credits yeah um, but yeah just uh, it, it kind of also shows how you know they were well known and well loved but you know still that they had financial troubles mm. um, you know they don't get uh, royalties from their films and, and it kind of made me feel a bit sad for them really that you know they've they were so popular, but yet they've had to resort to, you know, playing barely full theatres in Hull and places yeah. like that. Yeah, um, I agree with you, to be honest. It's a film that I wasn't really expecting to like as much as I did. Um, but, I mean, like, that's like little few, few little things I like. Yeah, I like the chemistry between um, Laurel and Hardy. And I really liked, um, I don't know why, but I really liked um, uh, Laurel's wife. <laughs> The Russian lady. I thought she was kind of oh, broke. Yeah, she was, yeah, she was yeah. like, she was proper cutting, wasn't yeah. she? I think she was quite pretty funny. And um, I liked how... Um, I don't, this is... I, this obviously this is random. But I liked how um, Laurel called Hardy babe. <laughs> yeah. That just made me laugh. And, like, but yeah, no, I agree with you. Like, I feel like they're, even their sketches, like, they're really simple. But I was like, oh, yeah, this is actually, like, quite jokes. And I was kind of hoping... Well, I was expecting... Um, to hear a bit more about like their conflict like beforehand so like the bit so there's a part where um um laurel gets fired and hardy goes on and does an elephant film whatever and i'm assuming that they separate for a little bit and i would i thought the film was going to be more about that and then them rekindling from there but obviously it wasn't but you know i would have liked to have seen a bit more of their conflict but i do like that in the end they came back together and everything and um i did like find myself actually getting a little bit anxious um, right at the end when um, obviously sorry obviously um, Hardy's had a heart attack and then at the end they're um, doing their last show and he's like yeah. fucking struggling I was like fucking hell is he going to like die on stage or something <laughs> yeah yeah I agree yeah wasn't there a I thought John C. Reilly really encapsulates um, oh god which one is it is he Hardy sorry say that again say that again is, is, does, oh, is the fat one Hardy John C. Reilly is, is Oliver Hardy yeah yeah because I thought he played, he played him really well and I think he's he's had a lot of the uh, plaudits in terms of like awards yeah um, but I think you know they're, they're a good double act and they're both as deserving as each other yeah I think so um, yeah well on to uh, oh wait hold on wasn't there, a, wasn't there a comedian who died on stage once um, everyone thought he was play acting and then he and then he was actually dead there was a documentary no on him on um, Netflix I'm sure Oh, oh really? Yeah, I can't remember its name, Mister. Really, it's quite an old thing. Like it's one that we wouldn't know, but our parents would know about. If that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, from uh, one happy double act to a uh, more brutal double act mm. is uh, Mary Queen of Scots. Yeah. Um. So this is again like a 
biographical, historical kind of telling of, of the story of uh, Mary Tudor, who comes back to Scotland. Oh, she's Mary Tudor. Mm, okay. Or was it Mary Stuart? Oh, I know, her name is Mary Stuart, but I don't know if she was... Mary Stuart, I'm getting it wrong. Oh, okay. Um, Mary Stuart, so she, she was living in France, but then comes back to Scotland uh, to rule mm. uh, when she becomes of age, and this threatens uh, Queen Elizabeth I, who's ruling in England, um, because if Mary Stuart was to produce an heir, that she would have a stronger claim to the English throne as well as the Scottish throne. Yeah. Um, so this is like a, a kind of drama between them. Um, most of the film plays out without them actually meeting, but there's like envoys being sent between them about, you know, how the power is playing out in England and Scotland mm. and trying to get one up on each other. Um, because Elizabeth wants to marry Mary off to one of her subjects so that she can kind of control her a bit more. Yeah. And then Mary's very kind of steadfast in being like, no, I know, I know my worth. I know that I deserve this throne without having to marry into it sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, what did you think of it, Obi? So, okay, I've got a few thoughts about this film. So, I quite, I quite actually thought it was pretty decent. I thought the acting was really good. Um, I enjoyed both... Um, Eliz- is it Elizabeth? Is her name Elizabeth? Yeah. Elizabeth and Mary's performances, like, individually. Um, I, I kind of got the the idea that Elizabeth was kind of, like... She, like, admired Mary, but obviously she didn't really want to admit it because of how, like, par- proud she was. But then Mary was, like strong and outspoken which I enjoyed um there are a couple things so like (laughs) this is just my my, me and my brain yeah but when I see like uh black people and stuff and they're like um like I don't know noblemen or whatever I'm just like this definitely would not happen in in, in 1500 or whatever it was so that uh, that kind of took me out like literally every time that black guy came on screen I was like no this would come sure this would not happen argue then that as a historical drama it shouldn't feature black people in that role or kind of people of colour in that <laughs> I mean role. it can is it, but not, is it not a positive thing that, it, that it, it, it probably is but it just me and my brain I'm just like I feel like it isn't but the thing is I don't know because so like obviously it could be historically accurate I'm not a historian so I don't know so but so yeah in my brain it just Flip switch, I'm just like, yeah, that. I'm pretty sure that wouldn't happen, and they and you wouldn't be able to speak to a queen like that. <laughs> but, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I thought it, she was really good. Um, I had absolutely no sympathy for um, the the dude that was Pammy and Mary's wife, Mary's husband. Sorry, um, uh, Rizzo or something. Yeah, I, obviously, I was a bit like Lowry when they were stabbing in bears, but I thought I thought she was going to kick him out. So she, you know, whatever. Um, she kind of just forgave him for fucking his fucking husband, but, <laughs> but whatever. This is what was weird about this film. Like, I really enjoyed it, but it sort of felt quite modern in yeah, a lot of its I agree. politics. In I like, agree. you know, empowering women. Like, I'm a woman. I should be able to rule. Like, fuck these men. You yeah. know, we're not letting them tell us what to do. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't be defined by being a mother. Blah blah blah. Yeah. And there's also like some strong LGBTQ politics in it when. You know, she walks in on her husband having sex with this man or yeah. she knows that's happened. And she's like, yeah, it's fine. You can be a sister. You can be whatever you want to be. But at the same time... That wouldn't happen in them times. But, but, but all, apart from that, like, both characters who are gay end up dying. Like, 
know, one gets oh yeah, that's still not. The yeah, other yeah. one gets blown up. It's a very so, good point. It's sort of like, in one hand, it's like, oh yeah, look, we, you know, even though we're from the 1500s, we're making it a bit modern and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then it's like, oh yeah, but both these gay characters die. Yeah. And then also, right at the end, you know, Elizabeth, um, uh, Mary ends up, you know, it's all about, it is all about one's a mother and one's not a mother. Yeah, that's true. Which I don't know, for me, it just sort of undermined it a little bit. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I was going to say that a couple of things that I liked as well. I liked the, so I, I complained about this in Colette. I liked the fact that uh, Mary was at least speaking French at points. Yeah. Because she obviously grew up in France, so that made sense to me. Whereas a film like Colette, like, no, they were all in France and no one was speaking French, which I thought was and then really why has Mary got such a strong Scottish accent? That's what I was thinking. I was thinking maybe she, maybe she was like, I don't know, maybe the people she, she grew up around were Scottish. I don't know. I'm, I, I, couldn't, I wasn't sure about that either. But um, and the second thing is costume design a one. I thought every yeah. every outfit Mary had, I was like, raw that she has come out to play. It was de- it was decent, <laughs> and I, I was comparing that to Robin Hood, which I'm pretty sure is set around a sim- similar time, similarish time, and the costume design of Robin Hood was fucking terrible compared to that film. So yeah, yeah that um, I'm pretty sure whoever it is is in charge of it. I'm pretty sure he's up for an Oscar for costume yeah. design. So yeah, hopefully them or Black Panther I think should win. Yeah, I, th- yeah I, I, I like a medieval drama, especially all the shenanigans. Yeah. Um, I did feel like Mary was a bit of a knob. Like, <laughs> when when Elizabeth's like, I'm going to help you and, and protect you, and she's like, I want the crown, give me the crown. Yeah. I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> You're clearly in a weakened position here. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it's, I enjoyed it. Um, do you want to talk us through... Uh, if Beale Street could talk. I was going to say, do you want to talk, do you want to, because I don't know how much time we have left, but do you want to quickly talk about something that we've all watched so we can end no, up? No, that's right, that's right. You can talk about Beale Street if you want. So. I can talk about the next one. Okay, well, let's talk about Titans then. So we've yeah. all seen Titans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's do that. I've all finished it now. Mate, those last two episodes, the last one in particular was sick. Very like, good, very good. So when when um, Rachel's father comes back and he, he um, you know, the, fir- the first, uh, episode 11, is basically uh, Dick Grayson in like an alternate future where he's uh, married to Dove and and then Bruce Wayne is has lost uh, his mind. What's his name? <laughs> he's lost his mind. Uh, he's lost his mind. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of switches up and it? starts killing. Which people kind of like Joker mm. and Riddler yeah. and all these people I mean, and you actually see them not to, uh, not to be like a mass murderer and I think but that would solve a lot of his issues no, I agree mm. yeah but <laughs> to me it was just like everything that the DC extended universe is not doing at the moment mm. it's like you know it, it's not fully showing Batman or Joker or anything but it's like they're there and you know it's not just vague references to them it's like they're there and, and you don't see them much but but it's enough for me to be like hyped about it mm. um, and I thought that episode was just so sick I, I sort of knew pretty early on that it was going to be a kind of alternate thing yeah. and, and he would come back to reality but um, it was just so entertaining and then um, when you guys told me that there was a post credit sting with Superboy I was like gassed yeah, I literally had the exact same reaction as you. The only thing is that um, so I so this episode eleven, there was actually supposed to be twelve episodes in the first season, and they filmed episode twelve, but that's going to be the first episode of season two. 
Okay. So that's why it, I feel like it. The episode was really good, but I felt like it was like inside. yeah, it was like a penultimate episode and setting up for a finale. Yeah, I agree. That's yeah. how I felt. But True. I thought I did. Yeah, same with you. I enjoyed episodes. Probably in my top three of episodes of the season. Um, I thought <laughs> the way how like he Batman was just like like there was no remorse and he was just killing mm. everyone like didn't care who he was killing everyone everyone was getting killed all those policemen Joker everyone in the asylum mm. I thought that was pretty sick um, kind of makes me wish it kind of happened in real life but you know obviously you can't have it yeah. can't have it all your own ways so but yeah I, I really enjoyed it and overall the season I think was pretty decent mm. I, I don't know if this is just a hot take but I would say that Titans as a series was better than almost all of the Marvel Netflix shows. Ooh, ooh, Glenn, that's a hot take. Fucking hell, that is a hot take. Mm. I would argue that maybe Daredevil series two was better. No, no. that is a hot take. Behave. I'm not sure. You know, I'd have to think about. It. I'd have to think about it. No, I don't agree. But what, one thing which does confuse me is, I think episode nine or ten, when you've got Hawk and Dove, um, when when they're seeing images of Rachel in like mirrors and stuff, they wait when Dove wakes up. She says, "We need to contact." Jason Todd, and that's yeah. not resolved. I was like, why do they need to do that? So yeah, I think that's what I reckon that's resolved in the episode uh, twelve. Twelve, yeah. Oh okay. I, I assume she. I assume she's seen it. She's seen what Raven's seen. She sees that Raven's in danger and that um, Dick Grayson's in danger, and therefore Jason Todd is the one that mm. would help. Maybe. Mm. Do you, Do you think maybe that Jason Todd will have his back broken? Yeah, but then you won't see him as Red Hood for a while. Oh, okay. For a long, long while. Because when he has his back broken, he's like uh, late, early to late teens. But then when he's Red Hood, he's like a full-grown like oh, man, adult. Yeah. Or he's like, or he's a, a fully grown teen, shall I say. Right, okay. I, I don't think we'll get Red Hood in this... Uh... In, unless, in unless, this universe unless it goes on for five six unless, seasons yeah unless, they, unless it goes on and they do their own t- and he gets his own TV show I doubt he yeah, I doubt maybe, he'd appear yeah. in, I doubt he'd appear in this to be honest but I am curious to see so obviously now we've got um, Superboy next season mm. I'm curious to see what they're going to do with that and I'm curious to see if they'll maybe like add some sort of speedster into the team maybe mm, maybe it'll so. become more of a Young Justice than a Teen Titan though yeah, won't true. it but then Young Justice does really well so um. yeah but um Briefly on that, um, I heard that all of the CW superhero shows got renewed for a new series. All of them? Oh, that's interesting. Even Legends uh, of Tomorrow? I, I don't know about that one, but I know Flash, Arrow, Black Lightning. Mm. Um, Supergirl. So, yeah, they did. I, I didn't read that Legends of Tomorrow, but yeah. That's interesting. Just, well, I think okay. Tomorrow, they, well, take Legends out of it, I guess. I feel like Black Lightning was always going to get renewed because it's still really popular. Um, and yeah, Legends, I'm... Actually, not sure. But the other three, because of um, they pro- in the crossover, they promised Crisis on Infinite Earths in the next crossover. I feel like I kind of had to renew all of them. Yeah. Because it wouldn't have really made uh, sense okay. if you'd... Uh, I thought you guys yeah. think that Arrow should probably end soon. I mean, if it was up to me, Arrow probably would have ended this season. But I'm okay with them giving it one more. I'm in party, so I don't think I've seen the last two seasons. <laughs> well, yeah. But it's because I think I still quite enjoy Arrow, but I will. I don't think... Uh, it hasn't been at its best for a cu- for maybe like a couple of seasons, I would say. But then this one brought it back a little bit, didn't it? Or not? Mm-hmm. No. Really. It's not bad. It's not a bad season. It's a good season, but I would argue that so season five was was a great season, oh, and okay. the, and season six was all right. This season's been all right, well, but okay. not great. Oh. So yeah, and same with Flash. Really, I think Flash hasn't been great since season two. Like we've had 
couple bad seasons and one good season, I would say. And this season's okay. So yeah, Supergirl, I would say, is just you know across the board, just you know, level yeah. like that. Yeah, it's all it's all right. So yeah, I'm willing to you know give them another year. We can talk about that a bit more next time. Um, but as for now, unless anyone wants to mention anything else, we should uh, wrap up. Have you watched Punisher, Glenn? I haven't, no. Okay. Um, I'm going to try and watch Daredevil and Punisher. I'm just going to say this right now, so we can end on this. Um, season, season two Punisher is shit. <laughs> That's what I think anyway. That's what I think personally. Okay. Well, they haven't but announced its cancellation yet, but I'm sure it's not too far off. It, it should be announced soon. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, yeah. you can. I don't think I've said this for the last couple of weeks, so apologies. But uh, you can tweet us at YSC Podcast Seventeen. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, iTunes, and SoundCloud under your average critics. I feel like I've failed to mention that. It's because you're failing. Of... It's true. <laughs> yeah. And on that bombshell. Yeah. Peace. Peace out. Peace.